Hello there. I'm Ryan Woods, a Spartan god. This is my own mind. You're listening to the I'm a Spartan podcast, Scott Knowles. And I'm... What the fuck am I doing this, man? This is fucking stupid. Are you kidding me? I'm doing these favors for these bums? Nah, fuck this. I'm out here. Katie, bring me some wine. I'm fucking out. Scott Fane Knowles, and you're listening to another episode of I'm a Spartan OCR Podcast. What's up, everybody? Asheville was a great weekend. I hope you were able to make it there because we got to see, and no, it wasn't the Asheville that we're used to. It wasn't at the Rock Quarry. It didn't have steep, mountainous terrain and technical downhills, which is probably what I missed about the other one the most. And it didn't have the cool scenic views. But we got to see what the 2019 Ultra Mud Pit looked like with better weather. And it was great. Uh, The venue was great. They had the festival set up in the shade. That was awesome. The trails were, you know, they were good. Had a lot of running. It It was a pretty good runner's course. There were some downhills and uphills and a little bit of technical running. Me personally, I would have rather had more technical running, but it was a fun course. It flowed well. I mean, it would have been cool to run through that creek a couple more times or go down it a little more. That would have been fun too. It would have cooled everybody off a little more as well. But it was a great race, and I was glad to see this venue without the torrential downpour like we did back in 2019 November at the Ultra. And I'm hoping that it will be like that again when we go back into November. Because mark my words, that will be a great Ultra in November when we go back there. If the weather is nice. Everybody start crossing your fingers now. I got a cool episode and a cool guest, uh, Emma Cook-Clark. She's part of Nicole Miracle's dream team, and she's very, very, very new to the sport. This was her first race, and it was a U.S. National Series race, and she placed fifth in the elite women's field. Think about that. That's pretty epic. You know, and she did have some problems with some obstacles, but she passed some of the obstacles that or in my opinion, Olympus is probably the hardest obstacle out there, and she made it through that. So I feel like if the other obstacles probably weren't wet, she probably wouldn't have had any obstacles problems with that one too. And she made her spear. That's pretty awesome. And I see a lot of good things to come from her in the future. And I don't know. I was really pumped up about this interview, and that might be why it went a little bit long. But anyway, here's the interview with Emma Cook-Clark. Emma Cook-Clark, what's going on today, girl? Hey, how are you? I'm doing pretty well. And to me, personally, I mean, I think you had one of the most breakout races of the weekend in Asheville. And I want to go over the entire race with you. But first, I want you to give the listeners a little bit of background on who Emma Clark is. Sure. Um, Yeah, well, I'm from Canada. I live in uh, the West in the province of Alberta. I have done uh, sort of a range of athletics throughout my life and um, primarily focused on running when I was in university. 
and then have just made the switch to, well, not, not fully switch, but have just started to dabble in the obstacle course racing side of things. I am on Nicole Miracle's dream team, which has been a huge support and, um, you know, can attribute a lot of any potential success I had that this past weekend to that organization. So thanks to, to her and all the incredible people that are being part of it. Okay, so you're being humble. You've got some pretty gnarly accomplishments in running and uh, some Canada achievements there. Tell us like what some of those accomplishments are. <laughs> I, um, I think my top accomplishment for varsity sports was uh, I placed second at the Nationals for cross country. And then I went over um, to do the World University Games one year in Italy. So that was a pretty cool experience. Oh, I bet that was. And then um, I did I did some mountain running races one season and had decent success, like, Canadian-wise for that. And then went to the Worlds for that as well. Um, but, I mean, yeah, I... Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> so, so how did you do in that in that world's uh, race for the mountain? I think I placed thirty six overall, um, second Canadian. But yeah, it was such a humbling and amazing experience to go and witness all of the incredible things that athletes from all over the world are doing. Pretty nice to see a sport that's like way more developed in these other countries than it is in Canada. Right. Um, yeah, just like cool that it's, you know, a, a real sport over there and and real deal and definitely can put a little bit of fire under your seat to to start taking things even more seriously and grow more and more and more. Even if you're kind of amongst the top in the country, it, you've got potentially a long way to go to be the top in the world. So it's just right. nice. Always got to be working. So how long was that race? Was it a real long race? Uh, there's different distances. There's a short course and a long course. I did the short course, so it was about probably like 10K, so somewhere over six miles with um, maybe like 1,200 meters of elevation gain. Uh, yeah. So they're usually on like a ski hill or something. They just go from the bottom to the top. So is that kind of like your jam? I mean, do you like that kind of 10K distance? Like what is like, if you were going to run your perfect race, what would your race preferably be? Yeah, good question. I think it just depends a little bit on what I have been doing <laughs> lately. Um, so I, st I still do like those sort of like more flattish cross-country style courses, but I always did best at the ones that were hilly and rough terrain or if it was snowing kind of like the rougher the conditions the better for me mm -hmm. just I was less trained at the like track flat distances um and then yeah the, lately I've been doing a decent amount out in the mountains I found it's better on the body and if I um I've had a few injuries lately so it's kind of nice I can like just power hike uphill basically and and then come down gently but still get a really really incredible workout so for me probably right now the best race would be like a uphill only right <laughs> i think too like that's where it's it's easy to get a big gap um in people because it's such like a specifically trained thing that if you're not ready for it um you can really lose ground i guess so that's the other reason why it would be the best for me. Like, not that I'm amazing at it, but it's just what I've been doing lately. 
Right. Now, and, and like, do you do something for work in Canada, or are you just like a full-time athlete? No. Well, I mean, in some ways I could look at it that I am a full-time athlete, but I'm a firefighter. So I did wildland oh, cool. firefighting first, and then um, I've been on a structural department now for about a year and a half. Did you ever have to, like, fight any – have you have to fought any big wildfires yet? Yeah. Yeah, have had some pretty large – ones for sure do they have a lot of wildfires in canada like that we do yeah fair amount um depends where you are in some places we let them just burn naturally if there's nothing you know at risk right in close proximity there's no town that's gonna (laughs) get burnt or anything but um we do definitely have quite a few depends on the year as well but yeah it's been the last few years have been definitely hot and dry I just didn't know if they all had like a an area that was kind of like California where every single year, you know, they have a wildfire for some reason, mm. you know. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, I'd say like British Columbia lately has been really getting rocked with wildfires um, across a, a wide spread of their province. Um Northern Alberta, I'd say typically too. We like there. It's pretty much given that there'll be a few quite large fires, and then same with out east, hmm. Ontario and Quebec. <clears throat> okay, that sounds like an exciting job. You know, I'm sure it's uh, it has a lot of rewards too, and probably a lot of discomforts as well. Yeah, both uh, the wildland firefighting and the structural firefighting work are, uh, they definitely get your heart rate going. They're pretty, pretty intense at times. I'm sure. Um, so you come to race in Asheville this past weekend. Is it, was it a pain to get across the border and everything to get down here? It was a little bit of a process. Yeah, it uh, <laughs> definitely wanted to make it worthwhile. Me going down, just had to get um, a COVID test before, and then I'll in the lights and rent car and accommodation and once I was down there I had to get enough COVID test before I could come back up here and then again once I landed here I had to do another one so they added up in terms of like time needed and booking and and the cost but um it's pretty hey are you there Emma you kind of went out a little bit at the end oh sorry yeah I'm here now okay can you hear me now yeah I can hear you Okay. Well, okay. So, Asheville Super was your very first uh, OCR or Spartan race. And before we get into that, like, how did you, you know, come to, like, how did you decide I wanted to start doing this? Uh, I think I better. Yeah, I can hear you now. Oh, sorry about that. I'm not sure if my Wi-Fi keeps going in and out. I just turned it off Wi-Fi now, oh. so hopefully... This goes on cellular. Okay. Sorry. <laughs> that's, that's okay. So, um, just like, how did you uh, decide that you were going to, you know, concentrate on OCR? What what, what made you come to that decision? I think uh, uh, multiple things. Partly time-wise, it just worked out well with the situation I'm in uh, with work. It's important to maintain a lot of different strength and to be adaptable and to push yourself in various ways. Mm -hmm. Um, But I still wanted to 
run. I've I've have some unfinished business with competing and running. So and it is kind of what I feels natural and I do like the element of just turning your brain off and and running hard and seeing what your body's capable of. So I think the fusion of strength um, and also using your mind as well as running was quite appealing to me. And then, yeah, saw Nicole's project idea and thought, how perfect is that? I was already planning on trying to race this summer anyway, so might as well apply and then did. And um, that's definitely kind of expedited uh, what I've decided to commit to this sport so far, which is great. So how helpful has being a, a part or a member of the dream team like helped you? Like what have they done to help you prepare for uh, OCR? Yeah, it's been tremendously helpful. I, I would not have done Asheville if it weren't for that. That's for certain. And mm. and even if I did, I, I would not have been able to do what I was able to do. I think I would have, you know, made even more mistakes than I did as it was. So, um, yeah, it's been really helpful. Everything from just Nicole's mentorship to, um, you know, getting a pair of VJ shoes to having um, nutrition coaching, um, as well as the strength and running coaching by grit coaching has been just like a full package, basically, of everything that I might need, any questions I might have, there's someone there to answer them in a very professional manner. So it's um, it's all these things that I, I don't think I could justify spending for myself, right. you know, like paying, paying for it um, at this stage, at least. But yeah, it's been it's been amazing. And I think, too, the a big asset is the the collaboration and the camaraderie that's there it's like huge community of people um Mm -hmm. and part of that just exists in the sport itself and then the other part of it is has again been like expedited by the dream team and also the the bigger platform of the elevate um but yeah it's i've been blown away by how supportive and generous people are like some gals reached out and allowed me to crash at their place that they rented in Asheville which was like so amazing I'd never met them before and they're my idols and then here I am like sleeping at their place so yeah it was pretty cool the the outpouring of support and like being feeling welcome right away was really nice yeah I mean this sport alone is is awesome in itself but the community is equally as is awesome you know it's, it's just it's an awesome thing and I mean it's changed my life ever since I started doing it and I imagine it's probably going to change yours as well um, yeah I'm thinking so so the Asheville Super was your very first race and it's a U.S. National Series race I mean let's talk about a trial by fire here what made you decide that this was going to be your first race <laughs> Yeah, I um, I decided pretty last minute actually to go to this one. It was about a week and a half prior. I was like, I'm just going to do it. Oh, wow. <laughs> um, so I definitely could have had a bit more like fine tuning. But on the other hand, sometimes it's good to not have not give yourself time to overthink things at all. So um, I was originally planning to race mid-July up here in Canada, a race that was going to be like three hours away from my house. So I thought that would be perfect. Mm-hmm. Um, but then they were um, canceled just with COVID. Oh, and then other ones that were nearby were either canceled or postponed. And so the next race I was thinking was West Virginia. Um, but 
that's not for another month, like at the end of August. And I just thought, if I'm going to go and try and learn in a race, because I think there is, there is a certain amount that you just, you have to do. I can't just watch a video and learn how to do a slippery obstacle, you know, I kind of have to go and touch it. And so, um, I just decided if I want to give myself enough time to like continue to train and work on those deficiencies, I should probably race a little bit earlier so that I, yeah, I've got a, a window between the other fall races to grow. And you said train, what kind of a training block were you in the middle of when you decided to uh, do this race? Did you feel pretty prepared coming into it? Um, I mean, moderately. I, as I said, I was doing a lot of sort of uphill running. <laughs> I had a bit of like a foot pain show up and I was worried that if I continued to run much, it would progress into more of a stress reaction, stress fracture. So yeah. I just toned it down and would do like that. I would do one uphill running sort of workout a week. Mm-hmm. Um, and then other than that, would do some cross training and then regular stuff at work which can be pretty intensive and then you know weights every now and then or not every now and then you know a couple times a week um so I I had good fitness um I wasn't sure my running fitness but I actually did a a vo2 max test through work that we have to do every year and um I was pleased with how I had improved that from the previous year that I'd done it and so that was kind of my like one running workout indicator that okay you can still like spin your legs when you need to um what was your vo2 max number um I think it was 69 point something um that's a good number thanks yeah I I don't really know I haven't looked at much um comparison values or anything but it I did know that it um it was increased from my last time so that was kind of encouraging that oh yeah through hard work it, it went up <laughs> so did you like practice on any obstacles that some friends had built or go to like a ninja gym or anything to get ready for the race yeah we do we have one uh, gym in calgary oh, cool. called corfit uh, which is really great that they are there. They don't have everything that you'd see in the obstacle course race, but they've got a good a good number. Um, and yeah, with um, with things opening back up again due to COVID, it was nice to get in there a few times. So went and got uh, many helpful tips that <laughs> helped me with uh, with some of the things for sure. And is my plan to go and spend some more time in there? Absolutely after this race. Right. So. <clears throat> The race starts. You get to say a roo three times for the first time ever. <laughs> so tell us what happened next. and Or tell us, like, what was your strategy going into the race, you know? Mm, yeah, good question. I um, Nicole asked me what my strategy was, and I responded, like, I don't really know. I'm just going to see how it feels and, and go from there. Um, I think just not ever having run one of these with – with the gals that were in it, I had no idea what the pace kind of would be like. Um, and I also wasn't sure how my body would feel and all those uncertainties. So I didn't really have much of a plan going in and then gun went off and it felt pretty good to go out at a decent pace. I think I was a bit used to that from cross country races, just having, you know, like a fast start. Um, and the terrain at the start really helped with that too. Like it was completely flat, 
open like you didn't have to worry about jumping over bushes or anything and mm. then and then it was a downhill so it just like lended itself well to kind of roll in um but right off the bat I was like I shouldn't be up here what am I doing <laughs> and so I slowed down a bit like hoping that somebody else would sort of come up and surround me and then I would just settle in but um after a few seconds that didn't happen and so then I just like changed my mind I was like okay fine I'm just gonna go um, knowing that I can hold this pace and knowing that it's not maybe the worst idea to give myself a little, a little bit of a head start because I didn't have much confidence going in on like the obstacles or even just like what else would come up in the race. And so I thought I'll go at a pace that's still comfortable. Um, I'm not redlining it, but I'm, I'm like buying myself a bit of time on on the part where I can gain some time. <laughs> and that's what I wanted to ask you because you come out so hot and so fast and you made this huge gap over the rest of the field. Was that a comfortable pace that you could run at? Yeah, I think so. I mean, it was, as I said, it was like pretty easy running, being downhill and being not technical terrain. So it wasn't all that taxing on the body. Um, I definitely like slowed down once it got to the flats and the uphills, but, um, at the start there, it was comfortable for me and, um, and kind of fun. <laughs> and I, and I, so when you started hitting the obstacles, could you tell, did that kind of like, you know, say, well, I guess I might've went out a little too fast cause these obstacles are really getting my heart rate up. Was that a problem or were you able to just roll through them and get back to running? Yeah, I think I didn't, I definitely didn't notice it at the start because a lot of the obstacles at the beginning were um, not very taxing, like yeah. the inverted wall wasn't, it's, that's, you're, it's over so quick, mm -hmm. the pipe flare, that's really quick, um, the seven foot wall, again, that's just like a one jump and you're done, um, so then I guess the first kind of like real one was the, the, um, twister, twi yeah, yeah, thanks, <laughs> still learning um twister and i don't think i noticed my heart rate or anything um i think i was just like focused so much on <laughs> where i was putting my hands and not mm -hmm. falling off and and like keeping moving that sort of thing so um yeah i was definitely like worried about that obstacle going in because it twists and it's sweat and <laughs> who knows um so yeah i didn't notice it there and then from there, we went down, and I think it was uh, Olympus, the next one. Mm -hmm. And again, I didn't like notice that I was tired, but we did. It was a downhill before that. Um, but <laughs> I'll, you'll have to ask me that after the next race because <laughs> I think my mind was just like way too focused on the obstacle itself to notice anything else. But I think, too, like a lot of the obstacles use very different muscles than absolutely than running like running you hardly use your arms um so uh, yeah it was it was okay um yeah I think the bigger issue for me was like just techniques on them and and getting a bit better at at moving like smoothly and and doing them in a in a manner that's like actually going to be successful given different conditions right <laughs> Yeah. So, so you made it through Twister and Olympus, huh? And you didn't fail either one? 
I did, yeah. Olympus awesome. was hilarious. I was on there for a long time, just like slowly moving. Right. I had, I uh, didn't, wasn't really able to use my knees or my feet at all. So they were just like dangling below me. Right. Um, and I, but that one was nice. Like I, I actually enjoyed having time to like think about things mm-hmm. and, and control it, I think. Um, as opposed to later on when I got to, some of the other ones that I failed, I just like slipped off right away or something. Um, and so it's just like, I was frustrated with myself for not even like giving myself a good opportunity to, to try, you know, and learn more, but that's all good. Well, I would say that's, that's pretty awesome. You know, you come into your first race and you, and you do twister and you do Olympus because those are still some pretty, pretty failable obstacles, you know, especially when they're wet. So I know this year, a lot of people have been having problems with Olympus because it used to be made out of plywood and and now they've changed that material to like this kind of plastic where you, Mm. you, on the, on the plywood, you could use your feet on it pretty, pretty well and, you know, still get some grip with your feet. And it's a little bit, it's a little tougher now that they've changed it, but that's awesome that you were able to do those first two obstacles and, you know, not have any issues, whether it took you a long time or not. (laughs) <laughs> Thanks, I appreciate it. Yeah, it's nice. So what happened after Olympus? And then uh, it was a really short section of uphill, I think, and then it was um, Stairway to Sparta, mm-hmm. I think. Yeah, and that one was just the wall, like there were no climbing holds or anything yeah. on it. Um, so sounds like easier than on the Beast course. Um, yeah, that one was all good Annie had caught up to me by that point so that was really fun to be side by side with her um you know we had like just met for the very first time in person right before the race and so it was kind of fun to be then side by side and you know at that point I was like I'm probably gonna say goodbye to Annie at this point (laughs) she'll be on her way um so yeah that one was good and then continued up the hill and got to Bender um that one was fun I was like a bit slow on the descent, I think maybe, yeah. but other than that, it felt good. And then um, down a nice sort of steep technical hill, and then we got to the box. Yeah, how did um, how'd that go for you? Yeah, not bad. I it there were some ropes with knots in them, mm-hmm. so I grabbed one that had a knot up top and then a knot below. Um, so I can, yeah, pulled myself up on the top knot and then put my feet on the bottom one. And then I, I think I grabbed the bar and then my feet slipped kind of at the same time. Yeah. And instead of just like pulling up, I was like, oh, I couldn't serve my energy and reattach my feet. <laughs> um, and then attach my feet and then went up and, and then like thinking back, I'm like, that was probably unnecessary, but um, yeah, all these all these things that like I'm glad that happened, so that going forward I have a better idea of what needs to be done and what doesn't. So, um, yeah, made it over, and then yeah, I think it was like Annie, Lindsay, and I all at that point. Um, and then so, again, same thing. I was like, here's where I start to crash and burn. Awesome. <laughs> were you starting to feel like running pace wise? Were you starting to feel like taxed at this point, or were they just able to catch up with you yeah I think it was um like for one the the running distances between the obstacles got quite small at this in this like middle stage and so I still would like be able to create a bit of a faster pace on the run but um on the obstacles like it yeah it 
doesn't take long to then catch up <laughs> for them. Right. So what mm-hmm. you're saying is, is you think they were gaining time because they were just more familiar with the obstacles, but you were you were holding your own and then some on the run sections? Yeah, yeah, I think so. And who knows if that would have like lasted as the race went on if if I did manage to <laughs> complete the rest of the obstacles and continue with them. But um, that's part of the race, at least, I think that's the case. <clears throat> Now, you're, that's not what you're supposed to say. What you're supposed to say is, is yeah, I was going to crush them if I just kept being able to go and run these obstacles clean. There was no chance they were going to win. Oh, I would be uh, definitely wishful thinking if I said that. <laughs> okay, so where were we at? We were at Bender, and you come off of Bender, and you said there was a hill section. So go from there. Yeah, so the hill, and then um, it was downhill, and there's some mud things, and then it was the box, and then oh, after right. the box, it was just like a, I don't know, a couple hundred meter section of sort of gentle downhill, and then it got to the beater. Um, yeah, so beater, I was ahead, but not by very much at all, um, and I went up to it, and I um, I had done the, the like, learn to obstacle <laughs> session put on by Spartan the day before which was awesome to get hands on on like most of the obstacles that was a good Um, idea yeah it was it was a big long day out there but it was so nice to at least touch them Mm -hmm. um yeah I it's kind of funny they were like it felt really good to get out there and I definitely gained some confidence um but it's funny I think I like allowed myself to gain a bit too much confidence on the obstacles they were they were dry and also I was going in rested like we weren't running or anything we were just like casually walking and then I would do it once and I was like wow okay beater I did it once and I I did okay like it's gonna be fine um and same with the multi-rig and the monkey bars like they were all they're all dry and again I was rested and we like would talk about technique and la-di-da um mm-hmm. anyway so I went into beater and then I like jumped up and grabbed the bar and was like oh man it's slippery mm-hmm. <laughs> and in my head I was like I'll just jump down and wipe my hands off and go again oh. not that that would have helped at all um and also yeah um that's obviously in the in the rules that once you touch it you're committed um right so that's my bad like I had I have been trying to read all the rules and I I brushed up on them, but I think just in the time, my mind was focused on different things. So oh, yeah. that's another like great lesson to learn, and I'm I'm happy it happened in the end because um, it's yeah it's it's up to me to to do everything correctly, and and then it's also up to me to like even if I know how, I need to con- ensure that I remind myself when I'm focused on different things or your mind's tired or or whatever. So yeah, well, another good lesson. Hey, I'm just happy to hear that you said you read the rule book because most people, <laughs> most people don't know how to find the rule book and then most people just don't read it at all. So, yeah. <clears throat> I mean, and here's my take on it. It's your very first race and the day before you were doing multiple attempts and you were, you know, it was probably just in your mind and, you know, you're getting this race brain and I mean, it's totally understandable. But mm-hmm. <clears throat> um, I wanted to ask you, did you notice that on and I'm sure you did, on a lot of these obstacles where you start like that, because you do, I mean, not being mean, but you do uh, you do appear to be one of the shorter uh, runners <laughs> out there. How tall are yeah. you? I'm 5'4". Oh, well, that's not that bad. So, 
I mean, you noticed that, like, and and Lindsay went directly to it. There was one all the way to the right that had like yeah. the, the platform on it. Yeah. And uh, because it looked like when you jumped up, you didn't have any momentum, and you kind of just had to start over. Is what it looked like to me. And I just okay. wanted to make sure that you know when you go to these obstacles, always go to the one that's you know got that plate on it where you can get a little bit higher up because I feel like you'd be able to get a lot more momentum started to help go through it too. Right. Yeah. No, that's super smart. I think, um, I think I like stuttered a little bit going in, um, the day before I had done it on the one that I tried on that far left lane. So part of me was like, I'll just go Uh. there. (laughs) Um, and then I think because I kind of like hesitated and thought about things by the time I did that, I think Lindsay was already like approaching and going on, like heading towards that, the box. The blocky higher one you should have so pushed like, her oh, out of the awesome. way yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah right um anyway so um yeah no i'll um i'll be sure to go on the higher ones in future <laughs> but uh so and, and you're exactly right too you know i mean i would have done that same thing like if if i practice something or if i take a lane on z wall or olympus like on the saturday race i'm going to go to that same one on sunday mm-hmm. you know just because it's comfortable to me so i totally get right. that but this, I think the shocker thing to you is they were wet. And down here in the southeast with all this humidity, in the mornings, there's at every single race you go to, more than likely there's going to be like some dew or moisture on the obstacles. And it's usually about, I'd say probably about 10 o'clock before that stuff usually goes away, unless it just gets in the full sun too. And that's another thing I wanted to mention to you. And I'm, it's a no-brainer really but when you're running the race and you're not thinking about it it you know it might be something you just you know it slips your mind but when you're running up to any obstacle you know if whether it's olympus helix or z walls pay attention to where like where the sun's at because if you come to olympus and there's one wall you know if the sun is rising that one outside wall might be in full sun where the all, the other ones might be completely in the shade and still have the moisture on it. So Makes that, sense, yeah, good tip. That's, a, that's definitely something you want to, you know, and always like when you're coming up to an obstacle, just eye it and look all the way down it, you know. Look mm-hmm. at where people are at, you know, because, you know, and another thing is, is you probably didn't have any problems with Twister, but... Twister used to be three sections where it was a lot longer and a lot more difficult. And so one thing you might want to look at, if you can look at that second, you know, rotating section, try to find a lane where the handle's already down. That way, when you get there to that truss section, you don't have to lift your arm up that much higher to bring it down and around to you, you know. Right. Just a bunch of, I mean, it's, it's, it's not really, I wouldn't say they're like, you know, pro tips, but it's just kind of like, it, it makes the effort just a tad bit easier and they all kind of like add up after a while. You know what I mean? Oh, for sure. Yeah, no, it's definitely smart to do. It's like to take in the surroundings and be situationally aware of yeah. what's going on. I think, yeah, I'll, um, I'll definitely focus on that a little bit more just so that it becomes like almost second nature. Um, same with like the technique of doing something. It's right. like, okay, I don't have to like, touch it to know it's wet i can Mm. look at it or just be like open my mind for one second and realize it's dewy here it's obviously going to be wet yeah and then automatically you're just using like a different 
um, technique. I think I've heard it referred to as like a safer technique often. So yeah. I've got to work on my safer techniques and then just do those. <laughs> oh, absolutely. So, you know, if you're like running and you look around and you see that the grass is still wet, rest assured, you know, those bars are going to be wet too. And a lot of times yeah. when you're running up to them, you can actually see like drops hanging on it. Yeah, yeah. About to fall, you know? So, Definitely. I mean. <clears throat> But, uh, but that sucks too, you know, because, you know, you did it the day before you had that confidence there and then that happened. So. Yeah, no worries though. It's like, again, it's good, good for me to have that happen then. Right. So you did, you went and did your 30 burpees. And so <laughs> how taxing, how taxing was that to you, you know, when you had to get back mm. up and start running again? Cause what was next after that? I can't remember. It was the multi-rig after oh, that. that's right. Yeah, um, it was interesting. The burpees were uh, obviously just off to the side. And I was like, I allowed myself to get a bit like, I a bit worked up, I guess, about that silly like touching and falling off. Um, it's like just upset with myself for, you know, not, not giving myself any opportunity to try it. And even I, I'm not, I really, I'm not sure if I would have completed it at all, but it just would have been nice to like, learn a little bit more Mm. other than just like oh okay don't touch it and fall off so I think I just like allowed myself to be a bit upset with myself which is not helpful at that stage in the race um and so during the burpees I like wasn't really thinking and there was like a bit of a downhill and an uphill and I was doing them first like downhill (laughs) so like doing a push-up on a bit of a gradient down and it's like afterwards like oh man why don't I switch and yeah. then it'll be easier it's like why didn't I just do that right off the bat but um no worries but I didn't I, I don't know I went really slow on the burpees I don't know if I was like if they were taxing or if I was trying to save my energy um or what but I I wasn't like breezing through them at all um I, yeah, I had a bit of like a back injury going oh, no. in. And so I think I felt that I didn't feel it much on the race, which I was really happy about, but on the burpees, just with like the jumping and then landing, I felt it. So I was mostly like stepping back and stepping up. Um, anyway, I, I don't know. The burpees were slow, but that's, a, again, it's like another, another spot where I can for sure improve on. So I'm not upset about it at all, but I'm not like, I'm not proud of them. I'll say that for sure. Hey, but don't, you know, if you fail an obstacle in a race and, and this is especially like in the women's wave too, is that race is never over, especially at that point, because there was a lot more failable obstacles after that. I mean, you had the rig, you had the monkey bars and you had the spear throw. And those are three, you know, extremely you know failable obstacles so i mean never count yourself out don't let it get in your head just concentrate on making sure you do 30 burpees and you know and making sure i mean all you got to do it doesn't matter what your form is like just make sure your chest hits the ground and when you stand up you want to jump up straight and your hands go above your ears as long as you do that it's fine Mm-hmm. So if you want it, I mean, you don't have to do no perfect push up down to the ground, you know, mm-hmm. just drop and put your chest on the ground, you know, and kind of snake your way back up to your feet. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. <clears throat> I mean, but, uh, yeah, good point. 
Yeah, I was thinking while I was doing them, I was like, okay, wait, what were all those rules again? Like perfect extension of the hips and feet off the ground, arms above the head. And then I was like, oh, whoops, I was supposed to be counting. So I think I did like I did 33 to 35 in my head in case I, you know, was like missed some of the reps on them. (laughs) And hey, and when I'm doing burpees, I'm in the first grade. I'm over there counting them out loud, you know. Oh, yeah, that's smart. <laughs> I, might as well. I mean, and and think about it this way. If there's a bunch of people in the burpee pit and they hear you say 20 and they're on like 15, they might think that, oh, I'm on 20, you know, and you might mess up their count. And then <laughs> it's like strategy. <laughs> Extra edge. <laughs> yeah. Nice. <laughs> and make them and say them loud enough where everybody can hear you. and Maybe you can mess up their count. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> Okay, so you get up from there and you run to the rig. Now, how does it, how do you do going through the rig? Mm, um, <laughs> this is a really great section of the race for me, at least in terms of learning. <laughs> Funny. <laughs> um, so yeah, it was a, like a little a short run, and then kind of turn a corner and go down this like little hill on a gravel road to the rig. And mm-hmm. um, I I think at that point in my mind, I was like, all right, you're okay, like. You failed an obstacle. That's all right. Let's get back into it and focus. Um, and so I kind of like looked up and instead of focusing on what I was doing at the time, I then started to focus on the rig. Um, and I wasn't like watching where I was going or thinking about running at all. And next thing I know, I like fully twisted my ankle and was down on my belly. So that was oh, nice. No. Like, it was just so silly that I allowed myself to get too far ahead of myself. Um, so it was fine. Like got up ankle was definitely like noticeable, but not, not so much that I like had to stop, but it was like a tad of a concern. But again, it was just like similar to that beater where, uh, I just felt so silly for doing it that then my mind was, was onto that. And I think I was just like rushing through, you know, it's like, Hey, got to make up for lost time now from those burpees. Let's go. And then I got to the multi-rig and was like, okay, this is your chance to gain some confidence again. Um, and so I just, without even second guessing, I went and did it the way that I had tried the day before, which was like, I skipped the first ring. And then I just like tried to get onto the bar midway along it. Um, which like felt really great the day before, but when you're tired and not thinking and it's wet, like it's no, a no brainer that Mm. that might not work. Um, and so, yeah, I just like, I slipped off as soon as I touched the bar. Um, which anyway, it's like, it's, it's completely my own doing and looking back, it's good that it happened because it's another one of those, like, I'm, I'm definitely going to learn that lesson now. (laughs) Um, but, um, yeah, I think, I think if I, I'm definitely confident on the rig that if I had of just slowed down and like pulled things in closer to me, right. um, and not tried to skip anything or be a hero that I think I could have completed it. So, um, but yeah, all good. Did some more burpees and kept going. <laughs> I know, you know, I've never done it on the rig, but I, I know some, when when they're really really wet or it might be raining i know some of the uh some of the uh elite females will actually chicken wing it and they'll actually put their arm all the way through the ring you know yeah and just use it by their shoulder which i mean it's 
I mean, it, it looks like it hurts to do that. I mean, for me, because I'm, especially because I'm bigger and heavier, especially it looks like it would almost rip your shoulder out of its socket <laughs> if I tried to do that. But yeah. I mean, that's always a technique and it's, you know, you can, instead of using your hands on the bar, you can throw your whole arm over it too, just to rest your grip for a second if you had to. But you know, it's, it's always tricky, you know, when it's wet for sure. Mm-hmm. And, and you talk about skipping the first ring, you know, that's common. A lot of people do that. And one thing that I do is I'll actually grab the first ring and I'll lean back with it and jump out and kind of swing and I'll skip the second ring and grab the third ring. Yeah, I think, I think that's what I did. That's what you did? Yeah. Yeah, missed the middle one. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, it's fun, like to fly like a monkey. (laughs) Yeah, it it also adds to like your momentum going to the bar too. And just like you said, you know, you can get about halfway across the bar doing it that way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's awesome. I mean, it sounds like you were a really quick learner when you did the uh, obstacle specialty course on Friday. That's awesome. That was a that was like I said before. That was a great idea to go and do that mm. the day before the race, even if it might have yeah. wore you out a little bit too. <laughs> that's all good. It was yeah. In my mind, it was this like. Um, you know, cost benefit analysis. And I think the benefit outweighed the cost of being out there from till three thirty in the afternoon. It was right. just great to, to see the obstacles. And, and the, I think my favorite part about that day was meeting a group of people yeah. that are in the sport and in the sport for like all sorts of different reasons mm-hmm. and at, a, at all sorts of different levels. But you still share so much in common with people. And it, it was also nice, like coming from a very different part of the um, of the world, it was nice to connect with people from locally, you know? <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, and the whole community is like that. I mean, you're going to make so many new friends being in this sport. It's going to be unbelievable. And the friends you make will probably turn out to be some of your best friends in the future. And, you know, as long as you decide, if you decide to stick with the sport, which I hope you do. <laughs> But uh, so after the rig, you fail, you do your burpees, you get up, you're running faster than ever, and you come up to the Hercules hoist. Now, how does that go for you? Yeah, that one was fun. Um, at that point, I was like, okay, what? <laughs> I just don't want to mess it up and uh, break a rule. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, anyway, <laughs> but it was good. Uh, the Hercules was fun. I uh, didn't find any issues with it. Um, yeah, and then turned around, and there was a quick uphill until the monkey bars. Now, I don't know about you, and there was definitely steeper hills there, but um, I guess it was just kind of going through that, that short gauntlet of obstacles. To me, that hill, running to the monkey bars, and then running from the monkey bars to the sandbag, and they weren't even that steep, but those hills just seemed to be the most taxing hills to me <laughs> the whole race. Yeah, interesting. I wonder, uh, I don't know, I wonder, partly it was a hill and it would have, it would have been like hot at that point. Right. I think personally, I um, it still was at a point of the race where I wasn't sure how much I needed to leave in the tank, you know, like, okay, how taxing is this um, carry going to be? And then the next carry and then the next hill and... Um, it still, there was like a decent amount left in the race that I didn't want to expend too much there. Right. Uh, but sometimes when you're like purposely trying to conserve, that's when things end up feel, feeling the hardest because you're like, oh, I'm not supposed to be breathing this heavy, but I am. Yeah. What's going on? <laughs> Absolutely. So mm-hmm. 
one thing I wanted to tell you, and, and you might have read it in the rules too, but since you're new, I just feel like I want to go over these obstacles with you and, and just kind of tell you just, I mean, I've run a lot of races and it's just kind of tips and things you, you may not have known about the obstacle, but on Hercules hoist, if like, if you're running a race and it's in the rain, that stuff gets really heavy. Like those ropes will swell and they'll go through the pulleys slower. But what I wanted to tell you was, is if you go and grab a bag and you start pulling on it and you're like, damn, this feels heavy, just go to another one and try it. Cause you never know. It might be a lighter bag, you know? Okay. And a, a, a lot of times you can look at them when you run up to them and you can kind of see, well, that one doesn't look like it has as much sand in it as the other. You know what I mean? Okay. And sometimes, like, they will put that thing together and they won't even notice it. Because I've caught it, like, they used to have open houses where you could actually go in on Friday and kind of play around on some of the obstacles that were close to the festival area. Mm -hmm. So you could go into there and, like, you would see, like, at the top, the pulley would be, like, twisted where the rope was like fighting against itself before it got to the pulley because it was actually twisted where they, when they pulled the rope down and attached it to the fence, they went around oh, wow. the back rope. So, yeah. you know, you, you never know until you get there and, and, mm. and try it. So that's mm -hmm. one thing you want to do when you get there, look up at the pulley and make sure it's not twisted, which that it's super rare when it happens, but it just, it does happen. Yeah. And like if you if you pull on that rope and the bag just feels super heavy, it don't take a second to go to the next one and just try it. I mean, and there might be a five, ten pound difference, and that can mean a lot, you know. Right. Okay. Especially, nice. Thanks. Yeah, especially when it's raining. Okay. Okay. So mm -hmm. you finish Hercules hoist and you're running up to the monkey bars. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I don't know. I'm sounding like a broken record now, but no, same you're not. Thing. I just like have mostly just practiced going forward on them. Mm -hmm. um, and so what do I do? I go forward. <laughs> um, I wonder if at this point too, I just like had given up um, the hope of me being able to complete it, like saw a bunch of gals in the burpees and, and knowing that I had failed those two previous sort of um, bar type ones. Mm -hmm. Maybe I just like went for it and didn't think about it or whatever. But anyway, yeah, just like slipped off right away. And so headed over to do burpees. But those burpees were better. They were on just regular grass instead of like <laughs> tall grass beat down bush and stuff. So yeah, that grass yeah. over there by the burpee pit at the multi rig was pretty rough. That was a crappy area <laughs> to do burpees, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah, full on. <clears throat> So, yeah, anyway, so again, same thing, like not proud of the effort that I put. Well, I mean, I, it's not like I didn't try at all, but I I didn't last very long. So um, definitely need to, to work on a better technique. Right. The problem with the, the monkey bars are hard because those pipes are really big around, you know, and mm -hmm. most places where you go and practice monkey bars, they're not going to be that big around. So mm. it's, it's kind of harder to practice those type monkey bars on like say some monkey bars at like a playground or at a gym, mm -hmm, you know, mm -hmm. but I mean, I mean, still, if you get more body awareness going through it, I've, you know, if you're using your legs and swinging your body with momentum, it definitely will make it easier. That was a hard section of monkey bars. One, they were wet. Two, mm -hmm. they were slightly going uphill mm -hmm. and three, like, I think it was about halfway across them. 
they had they had two of the bars that were spread out a good amount. So, mm-hmm. yeah. I mean, because I, I, I remember when I finished it on Saturday and Sunday, it wasn't no problem at all. But Saturday mm-hmm. they were super wet. And when I went through them, I was like, damn, if there had been two more bars, there's no way I don't think I would have made it because it was pretty tough. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, they they were tough. So, I mean, don't, like I said, don't beat yourself up because of that. And, you know, and Lindsay's one of the best in the biz, and it looked like she only made it about halfway through it, so. Right, yeah. Well, congrats to you for making it through, no issues. (laughs) (laughs) Well, thank you. Uh, I mean, so I do a little bit different technique, you know, and because I kind of, I hold up in kind of like a pull-up motion, and I go. Yeah. I actually go sideways and match every single bar. Okay, know. yeah, that seems secure. It's harder for me to do, like, you know, the monkey swinging. Like, I'm yeah. not as good at that as some people. As some people are really good at that, but I'm not. I yeah. kind of, they call it a lock-off where you kind of have your arm at like a, like if you were going to do like a, you know, flex your bicep, you kind of hold your <laughs> yeah. arm like that. And I just kind of move my legs a lot, and I and I go sideways. And I, I I used to go forwards and pretty much do the same thing, but yeah. uh, I want to say it was uh, I forget. I might have been Kevin Donahue was telling me that to go sideways like that, and it made it easier because when your hands are starting to slip, at least you're twisting them together, kind of. Yeah, but right. I, I know that that technique is a little more difficult for for the women because it's harder for them to hold their arms in that kind of lock-off posture, I guess is what she would call it. Okay. But, I mean, still, like, you know, what what you need to do, and, I mean, and you've already done it. You know, you took that, you went there on Friday, and you practiced. So, mm-hmm. and, and now you've got your feet wet. So now you just want to hone in all this skill that you've learned. So... And I, I mean, and I know it's difficult for you to get the races, especially because you're in Canada. But uh, the next time you go to a race, and I mean, you said you're going to go to West Virginia, right? I'm not sure about West Virginia. Oh, you totally need to go to West Virginia. <laughs> I feel trying to make it happen. I feel like West Virginia would be a good course for you, since you like doing the uphills. There's yeah. more uphills there. Like, I mean. We would call Asheville a fast course, even though it had hills in it. That mm-hmm. would still be called a, a relatively a fast course. Now, West Virginia is going to have a lot more challenging terrain. It'll be more technical, and there'll definitely be some more good climbs. So yeah, th- nice. that, that would probably be your jam for sure. <laughs> Perfect. But, you know, one time when there when things go back to normal in Canada just go to like a Saturday race you know like a super mm. preferably a super and uh just run open and just take your time yeah. and go out there and hit every single obstacle every different way you can think of you know like on Olympus you said it took you a long time on Olympus yeah so what you want to do is you want to go to Olympus and you want to try going down one side leading with your left hand and then go down the other side leading with your right hand you might find that one way works easier you know for your body motion than the other you know like and try using your feet with one method you know try putting your feet 
try stretching your legs out to where they're almost straight and then try doing it whether if you're in a low squat. I mean, you being shorter, you can get closer to it and probably a crouch and keep your feet really flat and you might can actually use your feet to get across. You see what I'm saying? Mm, yeah, right. Like Makes I mean, sense. I mean, I mean, like I said, I'm not a pro by any means and I still fail obstacles too, but, you know, I've tried a bunch of different techniques and I've done a lot of races, you know, and, you know, a lot of times me and my friends, we'll go and we'll run the competitive heat in the morning and then we'll go do a second lap and just goof off and play on the obstacles. Oh, that sounds awesome. That sounds really fun and oh, good yeah. way for learning. Oh, yeah, it's fun. I mean, it's like just having good times with your friends and then you meet everybody in the open heat mm, that's out there doing yeah. it, you know, and everybody's nice. sharing their stories and just having a good time and there's no pressure and you're just having fun. Oh, man, that's what it's all about. Maybe that's what I'll do in West Virginia. Yeah, for absolutely. These other races. <laughs> See, because in, in West Virginia, we'll do the whole trifecta. You know, we'll run the beast race, we'll run the super race, and then, like, it's kind of like a last hurrah. We'll all do the sprint together and just have a good time. Oh, nice. Cool. Yeah, it's always okay. a good time. You're more than welcome to join us. Thanks. I appreciate it. I was joking. <laughs> I might just do the open for all the races. <laughs> <laughs> you better not. <laughs> Because, I mean, you got some good wheels. And I figure, you know, I mean, you got to think, Emma, you pulled off fifth place and you failed three obstacles. Is that right? Yeah. You pulled off fifth place and you failed three obstacles. I mean, that's pretty impressive, you know. Because Thanks. didn't, because Annie run clean, she didn't fail anything. Mm-hmm. Right? I think so. Yeah. So if she would have yeah, failed. Yeah, she had an awesome race. Yeah, so if she would have failed a couple of obstacles, you might have been in front of her only, and you failed three. You know, you see what I'm saying? Because every, because I mean, especially like you know, once you get into it, you know, you got your burpee form down, and you you're used to taking that hit and getting back up to running. That's what mm-hmm. I'm saying. I I say you had the most breakout race because I feel like for a first race, I think that you did great, and you get like a few more races under you, you're going to be pretty badass is what I feel. (laughs) Oh, thanks. Especially, you know, if you you can figure out these obstacles, I mean, and you, and you did the two that most people have the worst problems with. And I would say Olympus, definitely. And Twister, Mm -hmm. people are starting to get the hang of that. But sometimes Mm -hmm. when it's wet, people will still fall off of that one too. Right. I just feel like you're going to be a force to be reckoned with once you get some experience. Thanks. Yeah. Yeah. I think definitely, uh, need some time on the obstacles and time on, um, different races in different conditions. Yeah. Um, But that's, that's all good. It'll come. And I'm so like, I'm so happy that, um, this course was the way it was and that it was wet and that I did fail. Like that's such a great way to learn this much right off the bat. So as much as at the time I wasn't like, Oh, Yahoo, I just failed. I love this. <laughs> um, <laughs> I mean, looking I'm, back, certainly. I mean, being your first race, you ran out and you were leading half of the race. I'm sure your nerves were like insane. <laughs> <laughs> it was, it was fun. I was enjoying it for sure. So I think if I am, um, if I have a, a good feeling body going in and not feeling things during, and if I can um, do a few more of the obstacles, then I think at that point I would be extremely loving it. <laughs> oh, yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Okay, so you've done the monkey bars, and now you're getting your first taste of some heavy carries. Now, how do those carries mm-hmm. go for you? Yeah, um, 
pretty okay. I um, I didn't hammer them too much. I was definitely conscious of my back on the on the carries, but um, it was nice to get a sense of the weight. Mm-hmm. The sandbag was like a, a steep hill, and then around a corner, and then uphill. Um, so I just like took it fairly chill on the down, and then the up just kind of like power hiked and yeah. turned into a bit of a jog. So yeah, that was nice. Um, I I like carrying things for sure. <laughs> Used to it. Um, so that's that was good. Um, and then a little bit of a run, and then the bucket carry, and same sort of thing. Like took a bit of time to get used to like where exactly to place it or or how to how to put it so that it's like most efficient to be able to move, but felt okay during. Right. And so, how did the bucket carry go for you? I think pretty pretty good. I, yeah. Um. <laughs> Yeah, I don't, I don't know, sorry. Um, so did you, when you had the bucket, did you kind of like do a slow jog with it or were you just kind of power hiking with it? Yeah, I did a slow jog. I'm not sure if it was much faster than power hiking, but tried to have like a bit of momentum in each step. Right. So uh, did that hurt your back at all when you were running with it or was it something you were kind of just trying to be a little careful because you didn't want to hurt it? it I, I noticed it. Um, that was kind of like, it was only during the burpees and the carries where I noticed it. So I'm like pretty happy with that fact, but it wasn't like, it wasn't impacting it necessarily. I just was like conscious of it and didn't want to wreck it. (laughs) Right. Absolutely. Well, I don't blame you there. All right. So how did the rest of the race go? I mean, getting down to the last, uh, what is about a mile and a half at that point, I think. Yeah, it was fun. It was definitely nice knowing that I had kind of passed all the all the ones that I was concerned about, other than, of course, the spear, the spear. but, like, that one, I didn't, I, you know, it was kind of like, it's going to, whatever's going to happen is going to happen, and can't focus on it, so, um, yeah, it was fun, went on a little uphill, and then did the rope, which was good to do, and then a nice downhill, and then went into, like, a like the most prolonged up, I think, of the course, and it was steep. So yeah. I really enjoyed that part. That was like my wheelhouse. So it was nice to be able to like end with a bit of a a fun boost. Um, and then, yeah, I I didn't know I like what place at all I was in, and it also didn't matter. But I was thinking I was in like twentieth or something at that point. So oh, wow. it was it was just a matter of like, cool. Well, might as well like finished strong at least. So, um, went into the Atlas carry and then, um, boogied along the barbed wire crawl. That was fun. I, it's just like, you're trying to go fast, but also controlled. Um, and be careful and then, not to get your hair caught in it. Oh yeah. I actually <sighs> saw that once where Lindsay's hair yeah, got caught. That was bad. Oh man. Yeah. No kidding. <laughs> Yikes. Yeah, that would definitely change things for mm. sure. <laughs> for sure. Um, yeah, but that was that was fun. That section was just kind of like nice that it was flat and pretty like relatively easy obstacles in terms of like they weren't taxing necessarily. Right. So, yeah. So, um, and the Z-Wall was giving a lot of people problems this weekend and it was pretty mm. much just because they had where they had it placed, you know, everybody yeah. was coming out of the wa- the rolling mud and the dunk wall and they were wet and they were getting all the blocks on the Z-Walls wet, but you didn't have any problems with that, did you? No, but I, I was like 
being careful on it just because of the wetness and it almost seems in my eyes like a bit of an unassuming obstacle because it's not it's not very necessarily like the most taxing and there's like great holds and stuff but um that's exactly the one where if you just lose focus or try and go too fast then you might slip off Mm -hmm. so um and I think actually I had um uh, at one point I think it was the Atlas Carry maybe so I um Miranda was on the uphill and I I was able to go past her there um, thinking that she would catch me like as soon as we got to an obstacle. Um, and, and so I forget if it was on that hill or right at the Atlas carry where she gave some advice of like, take it easy on the Z wall or something, which was so nice. Um, mm. cause then, yeah, that definitely was in my mind when I got there of like, don't, don't push it so much that right. you slip off. <laughs> yeah. Cause I mean, the Z wall is one of those obstacles where you can do it a million races and it's in your head. Oh, I got this. But mm-hmm. then you'll have that one little slip up where your foot slips and then you, you catch yourself with your hands and you're like, Whoa, I better get my mind right because I don't want to mess this up. <laughs> you know, right. it's just one of those where you can get, you know, I'm, I'm losing the word. You can get overconfident in it and kind of right. slip up, you know, and it catch you complacent. off guard. It complacent. That's the word I was looking for. Thank you. Night. <laughs> um, but yeah, and the, like I said, you know, when you do, like if you ever get a chance to do a fun lap, a Z wall yeah. is a good one to practice on, especially like, let's say, you know, if you're doing a sprint weekend, you do a sprint competitive in the morning and then you're going to do a sprint competitive on Sunday. Like, if you go out and do a fun lap and just goof off, a little shakeout run, you go to that Z-Wall and you do every single one because I guarantee mm. you none of them are alike. And right. when you come around that corner, like, sometimes that that next block will be right there, and sometimes it'll be almost out of arm's reach, you know. Mm. Cause, and, I, and I swear they put one Z-Wall out there to just totally mess everybody up. Because <laughs> one of them is always really hard. And, oh, funny. And, like, some of the foot blocks will be so worn that they won't yeah. have that good corner on them. And the corner will be rounded off. And it's just great for your foot to just slip right off of it, too. Right, especially if you are expecting it to be like all the others. Right. And, and that's a good obstacle, too. To find out what you're, you know, where where you're more dominant at, you know, where yeah. the, you lead with your right hand, or if you want to re- lead with your left hand, and right. you may want to, you know, practice it both ways because y'all start behind the men. You might come up to the Z wall one day, and all the right side lanes might be full. Mm-hmm. So that's why I say like when you're doing a, if you're doing just a fun run, go out there and try it both ways just to, just so you, you've got that feeling in you. So when you get there for the first time and you have to go on a left side wall, you're not like, Oh shit, I've never done it this way before. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. Yeah, no, that's good. Good point for sure. And, and one thing too, and you know, and this, this works for Olympus too. If, if you go somewhere and it's on more of like a, a mountainous venue too, when you're running up to those obstacles, look at every single one and see if one might be pitched more to the left or more to the right. Right, because yeah. You know, because you can pick one that may work against you in gravity and you may can pick another one that's leaning away from the side you're going on and 
it will help you, you know, stay up on it better. Does that make sense? It does. No, that's yeah, I mean, a good point. It's, it's, you know, it's just a, just a, I mean, it's, it's not like a, a pro tip. It's just something you might not think of, you know, mm-hmm. when you're running up on it and you've got just a little bit, you know, just, just an extra thing to, you know, when you want to see if the sun is on it and you want to look mm-hmm. at all of them and just see if there might be one kind of leaning, you know. Right. It's, every little Perfect. bit helps, man. Yeah, no, this is great. I'm going to have to listen to this and take some notes. <laughs> Thank you for all the tips. <laughs> well, you're welcome. See, I, I interviewed somebody at the beginning of the year, uh, Jos- Josiah Madal, you know, because, you know, and he's yeah. a he's a really good racer in, you know, he does something else. I forget what it's called. But like trail racing and biking, too. Um, and, you know, he come to and Jacksonville and had just a really awesome first race, you know, just just like you. He come out, he was leading a lot during the first race, and you could just tell he was just taking these little hits at every single obstacle, you know. And I was trying to tell him, I was like, man, you'll be good at this, you know. And, uh, I mean, it's, it's I could understand it hard for him to, you know, kind of come to this sport when he's already really awesome at another sport, so. yeah. Definitely. But he was actually, I mean, he, it was good to see, you know, somebody like him and him being older too and come in on the scene and just just make a really awesome first impression on the sport. It, it was exciting to me to see, just oh. like it was exciting for me to watch you race. I mean, I just thought it was awesome what both Thanks. of y'all did. Thanks. So anyway, I'm running my mouth too much. No, so, you're not. It's perfect. <laughs> so you leave Z-Wall and you're coming into the last few obstacles. Tell us how it goes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah. Again, as I said earlier, it was kind of fun at that stage just to try and enjoy it as much as anything. Um, so cruised along and did the A-frame cargo net. Uh, I need to work on that technique. I did the flip at the top, but then I just kind of like walked down after that. So I should do that like sideways spinny technique that right. I see people do. I think that'd save some time. Right. Um, yeah. And then um, I think it was after that that I um, caught up with Casey Monroe. Um, And then we continued together. And then it was that Vertical Cargo Plus, I think. Yeah, with with the the platform in front of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then... um, which is nice. Like on it, that looks really challenging on the men's side. That's definitely a lot higher, <laughs> but so ours was kind of nice. Just hop up and over. And then I did the flip again on the vertical and that was steep. That was like, yeah. <laughs> it was really funny. I like made a, a whoop noise as I was going over, but, um, worked out. Okay. <laughs> and I think that was definitely faster, bit like a bit out of control. But, right. Um, it was good. <laughs> Yeah, that's always a fun one. I love flipping over that one, just like you're talking about. That's always good yeah. time. Yeah, that, nice. that platform under the, as long as it's not like super wet, it's usually not that bad. But yeah, right. if, it, if it's raining and that whole platform is wet, yeah, it sucks. Oh, true. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that change things. <laughs> For sure. So you're running into spear throw. And yeah. what what is going on in your mind? You're probably like, okay, here we go. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, um, we had done a few the day before, so that was nice to learn how to do it. Um, I think I was two for four the day before, which I was, like, pretty stoked about, actually. Anytime I sunk it, I was excited. Um, So, yeah, I just was, like, 
not trying to get all worked up about it and overthink it because it wasn't too far and it was on it wasn't like windy or uphill or anything so I think of the spears it probably from my understanding was like an easier one (laughs) yeah um so yeah just tossed it and um I think at that point Ashley Heller was nearby too um so she did her spear just before I did and so I kind of saw her and was like cool like if I hit it then I'll be kind of close to her which would be fun (laughs) um so yeah through it and it it managed to stay in which was definitely fluky (laughs) not banking on that in times to come but it was nice nonetheless and then uh the helix was pretty good I I can definitely shave some time off that one as well but same sort of thing as the z-wall I didn't want to do something silly and slip off so yeah that's one of those things where I mean there's it's just you kind of have to just fumble through it the best way as possible you know Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, it, it, I'd say if you got really long legs and you can spread your legs across that gap, I mean, I, and grab something with your hands high, I guess that's the that's my technique is right. just trying to do that as fast as possible. And as soon as I can get close enough to jump to the bell, I usually do. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah, yeah, nice, good point. That'll save time. <laughs> so most races usually don't end like this race where, because that was a good quarter mile sprint all the way to the finish. And most yeah. most of the time there will be like two obstacles right in front of the fire jump. So this was a unique finish and, <laughs> and you took off. You were, you had to been on Ashley's heels coming across the finish line. <laughs> she still had a gap on me for sure she had an amazing finish like really really strong um which I'm yeah I was pretty stoked for her to have that and it was just fun like to be not in no man's land like Casey right behind me and then Ashley right ahead just kind of like fun for it to feel like a race at the end you know instead of just you against the clock um yeah and and that was it it was nice at that stage to look up a little bit and like take it in um uh, yeah it's not like a huge deal but still it was fun for my first race to be able to like enjoy it it, at the end there um and cool like stadium finish and being on the sand with bleachers on the sides it was kind of neat so yeah it was it was a fun finish just kind of like took it in a little bit and went hard but I wasn't like yeah, it wasn't quite the the maximal effort, but it was close for sure. Right. I mean, this is definitely a, one of the cooler venues, you know, as far as them fed, setting up a festival area because some races you'll go to, I mean, it just seems like they just set it up right here in the middle of the woods, you know. So that, mm-hmm. that was that's definitely a really cool, you know, U.S. National Series race because the, the normal Asheville venue – is like a rock quarry, you know, with a lot more climbing and technical running, and they pretty much yeah. just set the festival out in this, you know, field. So that <laughs> that that was definitely cool. And where they had the whole festival area in that shaded area, that was awesome because mm-hmm. most of the yeah. time you're in full sun. Oh my gosh, that would be tough. Like, but all the people who are hanging out before they race and then yep. after, like that would be really challenging. Yeah, make sure you always bring some sunblock. 
<laughs> yeah, good point. <laughs> so I wanted to go back to the spear. So, I mean, just okay. just some little tips I'll give you, too, when you come to the spear. Because this was a unique spear throw because they had those concrete blocks there. And uh-huh. the spears were tied off directly in the center of the target. So a lot of times they, they'll they usually have the barricade guardrails there, which those were there, but they'll tie off the rope onto either the left side or the right side. And mm-hmm. some people like to go, until you've done it a few times, you might want to, like if you're right-handed, you might want to throw where the rope is attached to the right side. You know, okay. because if it's attached to the left side, it's like when you throw it, the string is pulling across and in, in front of it, in front uh-huh. of you almost. So uh-huh. that's why that's one thing that you know it's not a big deal. And and like I said, I promise you, once you've done it a few times, whether if it's attached to the left or the right, you really won't notice. But the main thing you always want to do is when you come up to the spear throw, you pull it back to you. Make sure you throw all of that rope back over the guardrail before you throw and make sure there's not like a little piece right there by it because you could step on the rope underneath that barricade and it mess up your throw too. It happened to Killian in a race. Oh, no. I know. Yeah. It was one they filmed uh, too. It was a, it was a national series race. Yikes. And, uh, like, and you probably noticed this too, since y'all threw on Friday, but you could tell that that first spear throw, it was a little bit closer than the one all the way on the end. It was almost like that one was close and they got a little bit further away all the way to the end. Oh, interesting. Yeah. yeah, So, I mean, keep your eye out for that. But most of the time the strategy is run to the very last spear throw. And the reason why is, is because if your spear goes in and you take off running, if you get on the other side of the, there's usually like a black, spartan flag if you pass that flag and your spear falls out you're okay but if you go to the first spear throw you throw your spear and you're running and you're not out of the (laughs) and if you're not out of that section and it falls out you have to go and do burpees okay got it i always wondered why everyone went to the far end yep that's that's one reason why but this race i went to the very first one well, I couldn't the first day. The first day I went to the second one because somebody was at the first one. Because to me, it looked like they were closer to the target from where you were throwing. Okay. So I definitely yeah. went to the first ones. And the strategy used to be, because we used to throw them into hay bales until they got these foam targets there. And used to be you would always go to one where you saw it stuck into the target. Because if, okay. if you saw it stuck in the target when you come to the spear throw, you knew that the rope was long enough. Because sometimes the rope will get tangled and it might get a knot in it with a loop and it's gotten shorter. So then, you, then you'll then you throw it and it like bounces back towards you because it oh, doesn't dang. get in the target. Yeah. Yeah. But nowadays, and, and people still go by that method, but... Me, personally, I go to a spear that's not in the target. And the reason why is is because if some dude went up there and threw that spear (laughs) with all of his might, it's going to take you a... It might take you a little bit to pull that spear out of the target. So, I don't want to fight with the spear, so I'd rather take my chances and trust that the rope is long enough, which... 
I'd say 99% of the time it probably is. Uh-huh. I would make sure that, I mean, I'd rather go and pick up one that's not in the target because I can get it to me faster than uh-huh. sit there and fight with the spear to try to get it out of the target. Gotcha. But anyway, like I said, they're not pro tips, but it's just, it, it might be like something you, you wouldn't have thought about, you know, if somebody... Yeah, totally. Up, so. With the spear, if you touch one and then you don't like it, can you swap? Is it kind of like the Hercules hoist in that way? Uh, or is it more like the other ones? Like if you touch one, you have to use that. Like if no. you say it's on the ground and you're pulling it in and then you realize there's a big looped knot, can you change? Absolutely. So it, okay, as thanks. long as you don't throw it... I mean, you're committed once you throw it, so. Yeah, yeah. But as long as you don't throw it, yeah, because at first when they changed to these foam targets, they had these different kind of spears, and mm. and the spear tips were actually breaking in them. So, yeah, yeah, I mean, some people would pull that spear to them, and it wouldn't have a, a tip in it, so, yeah, they'd go to another spear. And, okay, gotcha. like, you can pull one to you, and sometimes the wood will be shaped like a banana, you know, so, <laughs> you know, it'll be no, where thanks. it's warped. So, yeah, you're not committed to the spear until you throw it. Oh, sweet. Okay, thanks. And, and you know, now that you've done, you, you know, your first race, you know, because you haven't had to see, like, an eight-foot wall yet, too, you know. And there's, mm-hmm. like, you know, y'all have that step block that y'all can stand on to get on top, you know, on, on top of the wall, you know. And a lot of mm-hmm. volunteers probably won't say nothing. But you're not supposed to grab the side of that wall when you go to grab the top of it. Yeah. And yeah. and if you ever, I know you will see women doing it too because it's so, the eight foot wall is so tall. Uh-huh, but uh-huh. it's you're only supposed to touch the top of the wall. Right. And like they've got those little brackets that those ratchet straps hook to, as well. And like you're not supposed to put your feet on those to help yourself get up too. You know, there's a bunch of little things like you don't touch this, but you can touch this that's in the rules that a lot of people don't know about. Like right. in 2018, Ryan Woods and Ryan Atkins were like neck and neck coming over the A-frame right before the fire jump and the finish. Well, Ryan Woods is going up the A-frame and actually using that center truss as a ladder going all the way up. Mm. And, uh, you can't do that. So, right. <laughs> I think I forget if he was second or third place, but you know, he lost that positioning because because Aww. he did that, you know. So, right. Yeah. But what was bad was is the volunteer or judge that was at the obstacle, they didn't say anything to him. So, he mm-hmm. crosses the finish line and like, I don't know, 2 or 3 hours later, they said, "Hey, you're disqualified because you touched this obstacle." Whereas really, Aww. I think it should have I mean, it's kind of like if it didn't get caught, it, you know, I mean, that's not the best way to look at it, you know, because it's like opening a line where, well, if he cheated and gets away with it, it's okay because the judge didn't see it. But what got him caught was is it was a live feed race and some comments in the live feed because they did catch somebody do it. And when they caught somebody do it, they said, hey, Ryan did that too. Okay. Yeah, it's too bad, though, because at the time he could have done the penalty and then possibly oh, yeah. still you know done well instead of just getting yeah, disqualified because i mean that's just a must attempt obstacle you know i mean he, yeah. he wouldn't have had to done burpees all he would have had to done was just go back and do it again but oh wow because yeah. somebody didn't say hey you can't do that you know 
And I mean, and I understand they're volunteers, and and you know we, we get what we get, and yeah, you know when they come up to the spear throw, you might have two or three volunteers there. I mean, and you got the burpee pits full, and they're trying to you know put the headbands up at the camera. Then you only have one person watching, so it's hard for one person to make sure everybody's doing what they're supposed to be doing. Yeah, and they're doing a great job. I think ultimately it's like the athlete's responsibility to know the rules. Exactly. Um, So, yeah. And it's it's not only to know the rules, it's to, you know, keep the rules, you know, like – be out the sportsmanship of you know doing what you're supposed to do too you know for sure yeah yeah and you know and it's like you said you know that's probably you know the on the competitive side you know the the obstacles being judged is probably the hardest part about the game you know what i mean because i mean it i understand they don't want to pay people to be out there and have a bunch of people and have a camera on every obstacle and have to count burpees for every single obstacle. No, they're not going to do that. They just put a camera on, you know, the obstacles that have the highest fail rate. And it makes sense. Mm, but, yeah. you, know, if, if, you know, if you've got somebody out there and they fail an obstacle that doesn't have a camera on it, they could be like, hey, there's no camera here. I'm only going to do 20 burpees and get up and haul ass, you know. Yeah. It's sad sure. to say people do that, and, that, and that's sad. Yeah. You know? yeah. I mean, yeah, I, I seriously doubt that, Anybody in the top 10 or 20 in the elite waves are doing it. But, you know, in the age group waves, you know, a lot of people run age group just to get a, a early morning start time. And, you know, they just don't follow the rules. But they know they're not going to – they're not in contention for, you know, the getting the age group awards anyway. They're just yeah. out there having fun, you know, wanting to get an early start wave, you know. Right. That's just how it goes, you know. So, to me, honestly, that's probably only – you know, the hardest thing for Spartan to do right now is to just judge the obstacles. But, you know, it's still, it's a work in progress, but I think it's getting better. You know, and like I said, the people that are serious, the people that are taking it serious, it's not a problem, you know. But it's just like the people that come in that are new, they don't know the rules, they haven't read the rule books, and they might actually be up front and they're breaking the rules and, and they don't know it. So th- mm-hmm. then it falls on the, you know, the volunteer and, you know, they might not have been told they can't do this, they can't do that, they can't do that and make sure you get onto them. You know, a lot of these kids are out there just, well, I'm just here to get a free race, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so, or as you said before, they're like having to watch five things at once. Exactly, so exactly. It's tough for them to be there. <clears throat> you know, and I mean, we're blessed to have the volunteers, you know, anyway, you know. Cause it's, for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, back in the day, that was before they started selling that season pass, you know, it was expensive to go and race every single race every weekend, you know, so I was volunteering a lot, you know, and it's right. not, a, it's, it's, it's not an easy job when you're working the obstacles for sure. No, not at all. It's it's, especially the ones like the rig and the monkey bars and the spear throw, especially the spear throw. I'd hate to be a guy at the spear throw, you know, having to put the headbands up at the camera. Cause that would be like, oh, yeah. man, you'd be constantly going back and forth doing that. Yeah, it's tough. It's and like nobody 
wants to be nice to you at that stage, you know, like they've just failed an obstacle. They're not at their best. They might right. be like kind of rude or whatever too. Yeah. And it's like, it's not, it's not that person's fault. But exactly. <laughs> they have exactly. to deal with it. It's like, that'd be tough. Be like a t- being a telecommunicator. Nobody wants to talk to you. <laughs> I know if, if I go to an obstacle and there's a volunteer there that's vocal and you know that they're there, I always thank them for volunteering every yeah, single time. Yeah. If, if they're fixing cups of water and handing me a cup of water when I run by, they are the best. I mean, yeah, that's that's so awesome. Great. You know, sometimes you'll see a volunteer and they're just sitting off to the side playing on your phone, playing on their phone, and you never knew they existed. Yeah. <laughs> But, you know, they're probably sitting at an obstacle like the overwalls, too. So mm-hmm, <laughs> mm-hmm, it's hard to mm-hmm. fail that one unless you just run all the way around it. <laughs> Perfect. I didn't do that. I did not break <laughs> that rule. <laughs> so you didn't have to do burpees on the overwall then? <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. That would have been legendary. <laughs> uh, so, uh, Emma, so you finished your first race. And after this whole experience, like, how do, how do you feel about this whole experience? Um, I enjoyed it a lot. I am overall, I think, pleased with how I did. Um, but I've got a ton that I've learned and a lot to work on. So I'm, I'm really excited to be entering the sport and... I'm going to try and keep my expectations, you know, not super high and just have the main priority um, to be, to have fun and to learn and grow and just see where, where we go with it. I think you have a lot of potential in this sport. And I think it's like you said, you're going to grow a lot and I think you're going to grow fast. And I beg you to keep at it because I see you doing really well in this sport. Oh, thanks so much. I appreciate that. So after you finished your first race, do you see anything like, I'm going to change my training and focus on this? Like, uh, I, did have you decided that you're going to train differently? Um, I don't think training will really change. I think um, for me, like the strength felt pretty good um, and the running felt pretty good. So I'll continue to work on those. Like, obviously, there's always room to grow, but um, I will definitely spend more focus and time getting on some obstacles and focusing on different techniques um, for different conditions. Right on. I think that's Mm -hmm. a wonderful idea. (laughs) Emma, uh, what races are you planning on doing the rest of the year? Uh, there's some races in Red Deer, so that's pretty close to me in Canada in mid-September. So those, for sure, I'd love to get out and do something there, whether it's just, uh, you know, helping them set up and then maybe running an open heat or, or running um, one of the competitive races. We'll kind of see how everything's feeling. And then I would love to go to Tahoe. My brother lives just outside of San Francisco right now. He's doing some work down there. So it'd be really fun to go and have a bit of like a family trip out of it. And I think some of the other Dream Team gals are planning on being there. So that'd be really fun. Um, That that would be an awesome race to go to. And, you know, a lot of the field will probably be split for that race because I believe the OCR World Championships is in Stratton, Vermont that same weekend. So it might be a chance to do really, really well. 
<laughs> we'll see. But yeah, that one that one would be fun if um if borders continue to stay like possible to cross. <laughs> right. Um, yeah, so those are the two ones on my mind right now. Just leaving things a little bit open right. based on conditions and stuff. But I totally think you should do West Virginia. <laughs> Thanks. Yeah, we'll see. It's a it's a bit interesting with with travel and right. then with getting work covered and stuff. But it would be a good one. I can only imagine, you know, coming across the border and everything too. Mm-hmm. Well, hopefully those races in uh, Red Deer will happen. Do you, do you think that there'll be there's a possibility of those getting canceled? Um, at this stage, I'm really optimistic that they'll go through, but you never know. Things a lot has a lot has continued to keep changing, but yeah, I'm really hopeful that they do happen. It are would be nice to have something close. <laughs> are they still pretty restricted in your town there? No, not so much anymore. In in certain aspects, yes, but. No, here it's been it's been pretty open, especially um, for people who have both vaccines. Right. Yeah. Well, cool. Yeah. Well, that's good. <clears throat> so, Emma. How about you? Are you going to West Virginia? Absolutely. Nice. And then? Uh, after that, I'll be going to Killington and doing the ultra there. Whoa. Yeah. That'll be wicked. Yeah, we've well, I've done it the past. Well, I did it in 2019 and 2018. And every time I do that race, I always say I'm never going to do it again, and then I sign up and do it again. <laughs> Ultras have that way about them, don't they? It, it's kind of like a love-hate relationship with that <laughs> course because it's it's hard. It's really hard, but it's so fun, and it's got a lot of technical downhills and some really steep uphills, and the views are really good as long as it's not foggy. It was foggy in 2019 for the first lap. But uh, it's just a fun, and, it, and it's got some unique obstacles where you swim out and climb up this rope ladder, and, then you, and then you swing across five knotted ropes, and you have to hit a bell in, on this pond. Yeah, it's pretty cool. That's wild. Yeah. It's, it's, I do find it pretty funny that, like, the longer the race, the more challenging the obstacles. It's oh, like, yeah. is the longer aspect not hard enough as it is? <laughs> <laughs> you know, that's a good point. You know, and it used to be, like... You know, they started standardizing the uh, the distances, but yeah. before you might have a five mile sprint and like a ten mile super. So I mean, oh wow, okay, and like really a seventeen no mile beast. So I mean, you never knew what you were going to get. Interesting. You know, because like now, if you do a sprint, you won't see Olympus or Twister or Beater in a sprint. Whereas, yeah. like before, like when those obstacles first came out, they were almost in every sprint. <laughs> So, I mean, and, and I get it. They're trying to make it to where the sprint is, you know, the easier one for, like, the people for the open waves to come in, and then they want to challenge yeah. their self more, you know. Right. And, you know, most of your road running races, too, are your standard 5K, 10K, half marathon. So, from a selling point, it makes perfect sense. Yeah. I wonder, what do you, what, what do you think the general opinion is on that? Like, in some ways... I totally get standardizing, but on other ways, it almost removes some of that unpredictability of which is partly what makes obstacle course racing so fun. Yeah, is that like you don't know what you're going to get necessarily, and you just have to be adaptable and ready. But it seems like you know you, now you know the obstacles, you know where they're going to be, you know the distance. Like, and there's still a lot that changes, but it's. It's much more controlled, it seems. Yeah. What do you think the opinion is on that? Are most people for it, or 
you know, it, it's a split decision, but you know, I've never heard anybody say it like that. And that was, that's pretty, that's a good, that's a good point there, you know, cause you know, obstacle, it's like you said, obstacle racing is always changing up. Everything's changing and different. And here they are. They want to make everything the same pretty much. So that's a very valid point. You know, and it's split. I think that the people that know the brand and love the brand, I feel like they understand that they're changing for the times to, you know, to make money, you know, because if they can't, if they can't sell races and make it to where people want to come back, then, you know, you got these people, you got some people that come out that don't run. They're just going to do it for a challenge. So, you know, you put them through a three mile race instead of a five mile race, you know, that's a, that's a big difference. So, I mean, they might would come back to do a six mile super, but they might not come back to do a 10 mile super. So, I get that point, but your diehards are like, you know, Spartans getting soft. You know, I remember back in the day we had a five mile sprint, a twelve mile super. You know, what I mean, so yeah, yeah. you you get both point of views from right. it. You know, so right. always do. Yeah, you you know you're always going to have different opinions. You know, every, everybody's going to argue about these silly little things on Facebook and yeah. they're both going to leave the argument feeling the same way and just be more pissed off. Right. I never yeah, engage. I guess that's why it's, it's good that there's like other, um, you know, I, I love that Spartan race, but it's, there's other brands of races too. So it can appeal to everyone. Absolutely. Absolutely. And Savage Race is one of those races that's, you know, the obstacles are a lot harder. The grip obstacles are way more challenging and it's mandatory mm-hmm. obstacle completion. So you get to take as many attempts on the obstacle as you want to. Mm-hmm. So they're fun races too, but it's just a totally different style of racing. And and that's what's cool about the sport is we have different choices too, you know. Mm-hmm. So, Emma, I know I'm taking up a lot of your time, and I usually don't go this long on podcasts, but I have a few more questions that I okay. ask every single guest that comes on the show. Oh, cool. And so, and my first question is, to this day, out of all the races that you've done, and it can be any kind of race, any kind of competition, what has been your most favorite one and why? Whoa, that's a tough one. Um, hmm. Uh, oh boy. Um, I, I'm really bad at favorite questions. There's always like 10 things that <laughs> pop up in my mind. Oh, what's your favorite kind of ice cream? Oh, every single kind. <laughs> um, uh, the one that stands out right now is there's a, a mountain race called the Canadian death race. It's in Grand Cache, Alberta. Huh. Um, it's done as a, it's 125 kilometers. You can do it solo or a part of a team. Wow. So I did a team of five with some other people I worked with. And um, yeah, really, really fun. My leg was the second leg. And I think it was like 30 kilometers with two mountains in it. Um, and it just was a fun distance for me. That was like the longest that I'd done as a in a competition. And I found that that three-hour time frame or like that's about what it took me was a really challenging length of time to be pushing yourself for mm-hmm. um because it's you know it's not like just the the slow and steady of an all-day type event but it's it's pretty hard <laughs> but it's longer than like a, a short 
800 meter race on a track or something, obviously. So yeah, it was really, uh, really challenging, really rewarding and really awesome to be part of a fun team and to see the, the like trail community from all over come together. It was really fun. Yeah. I bet the team aspect made it a lot, made it a lot of fun. Big time. Yeah. Those were always some of my favorite events in, uh, just like sports growing up team sports were my fave and then in running in university it was always like the team element that was the most rewarding i think right on okay so the next question is what has been your least favorite race and why oh um i think my least favorite race is one that i go into um not being as prepared as i wanted to be um, like it's, is not very fun when you're standing on the start line and, and just know that you have like so much more in you, but due to whatever circumstances leading in, like you're, you weren't able to do what you'd hoped. Um, so that was like often injury, you know, you're coming back from it and not really able to do the, the load that you were hoping for. Or like I um, shouldn't have ate that large pizza last night before this race. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Those ones. <laughs> um, and I just like, I do sometimes struggle with, you know, having confidence in what I've done and confidence in my training or my abilities and um, doubt can set in of like, oh, well, right. you didn't try very hard leading up or like, mm. do you, are you deserving of this spot on the start line? So that's something that I need to continue to work on. But at the same time, like that, helps propel me to continue to work really hard and stay honest with myself so yeah (laughs) i don't have a specific answer for a race sorry okay i guess i'll let you slide on that one it's just a a general feeling okay that'll work okay so it's a race weekend you know you've got this big race coming up saturday morning is the race what is your routine that like Emma always does, like, on Friday, before the race, the morning before the race, she does this, and, like, well, you you probably haven't done, like, a double race weekend where if you had to recover on Saturday to get ready for a race on Sunday, but you may have that in the future if you keep running Spartan. Mm -hmm. So what is your race routine, in other words, is what I'm asking. My belly got excited thinking about that. Um... I don't really, I'm not really a routine person at all. Um, just keeping things different, I find, is what I always, like, end up doing. But um, ideally, like, the day before would be to not do anything crazy, you know, like, not uh, not spend too much energy doing things. But sometimes when you're at a new location, it's too exciting to right. not, you know, you want to explore the area or or do what I did this time and try out the obstacles for nine hours. So, um, yeah, typically like do a bit of a, some sort of like shakeout type run or something, do a few strides in there right. just to f- try and feel confident and then, um, eat some good food, make sure that I'm hydrating enough and yeah, just like hang out with friends or family or whoever's around Okay, now that was too bland of an answer. What are you saying, eat good food? I want specific um, food. (laughs) Um, Not a huge pizza, usually. (laughs) Um, Yeah, just like up the carbs a little bit more. 
um, kind of that like week leading in and then day before just like simple stuff. I'm pretty a not picky eater. So just kind of, yeah, the like standard, some carbs, some veg, some protein, bit of fat in there. I don't know. (laughs) It like, it just, if you're traveling, it's kind of whatever options are available. If you're at home, it's kind of nice because then you can choose exactly what you want, but just simple stuff. Okay, so what are you doing the morning before the race? Mm, wake up. Um, hopefully you're staying with friends or family and you can kind of like have fun together instead of just milling about, <laughs> thinking about things. Right. Um, I usually just have something simple like oatmeal and banana and some nut butter or something. Right. Um, some water, maybe some electrolytes, maybe a coffee. And then... Do a warm up about an hour before the race usually. What? So, what would your what does your warm up uh, include? If I mean an hour before, or you're not warming up for an hour before the race, are you? No. Um, yeah, I guess that, probably not an hour before start. Maybe. Like I mean, 40 I'm not. I'm, or I guess I'm talking about the warm up doesn't last an hour. That's what I. No. I mean. Yeah. Um, yeah, just like a a jog run for. 10 to 20 minutes or so and then maybe some like arm circles and <laughs> that sort of thing um, yeah in Asheville it was really fun just the the rest of the girls kind of like brought me in we're like you want to warm up with us it's like yes oh that's sweet. so cool that you want to have somebody warms up for this sport <laughs> that's that's so awesome of the you know of them to just kind of just bring you in and be like hey hang out with us you can do this we'll do that that's awesome that they took you in like that and you weren't just there on your own trying to figure everything out that's just great man oh it was unbelievable yeah they are like it's such a tight-knit group of people um that it would have been so easy for them to just like leave me on the outside and i wouldn't have blamed them because they they've known each other for years and they connect daily some of them um so for them to like make an effort to bring me in was really special and like by so many you know it wasn't just one person it was a lot of them would come up and and chat so yeah really really grateful for that already I know it and that's what I enjoy the community as much as I enjoy the race and and I love running competitive because I like to push myself and do the best that I can but every time I'm out there if I see my friend in front of me or if I see anybody and I know their name and I don't care if they know mine or not I'll cheer them on you know just because it pumps me up to see somebody else doing well too you know what I mean for sure for sure and it's just you know if somebody passes me I'll be like good job man keep it up or if I pass somebody or if I'm passing, you know, somebody that's in the wave ahead of me, or if I see somebody struggling and I pass them, I always say, good job, keep it up. You know, it's just, you know, I just, I just like cheering people on, I guess. Yeah, (laughs) and it does, like, that's what helps each other. Like, being supportive of each other is what helps us do this sport. Like, that's what's going to bring out the best in you and the best in them. Right, because, I mean, it's like, because once you make the good friends out there, you know, that's when you can sit there and just, you know, talk a little bit of shit between friends, and that's always fun, too. Always. I've got a bunch of close friends, and every time we see each other on the course, we give each other hell, you know. Oh, yeah, I love that. <laughs> a little, like, friendly, competitive, picking on each other. <laughs> I know. I got a couple of friends. They'll be, like, probably running three minutes in front of me, and I'll be like, I'll be like, man, you need to pick it up. Why are you moving so slow? You know, it's stuff like that, you know. <laughs> that's it's, perfect. 
it's just fun, man. I just, you know, I'm, I mean, it's like you said, I'm just running an age group. I'm not running elite where everybody's out there, you know, you know, trying, you know, making it, I mean, I'm sure it's a way more serious for the top elites than it is for a lot of us in age group. And, and even some of the age group guys, they take it super serious too. But if I'm not going to have fun with it and it's going to be just this serious thing in my head, man, I just, I'd rather it just be, you know, fun and games and in a competition than just a soul competition. You know what I mean? Right. It just makes it fun to me. For sure. And I think, like, I like to think at least that it can be both, you know, you can have fun, but you can still compete at your highest level, like knowing when to, to be joking and knowing when to be just like completely focused. But I think there hopefully is a time and place for both. Yeah. I think and in, that's that goes for any category, like elite, age group, or open. Like you can be competitive and have fun, and that just looks different for different people. Yeah, it, 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 and it makes me happy too because on the men's live feed from uh, that Spartan put out, and then Obstacle Race and Media did a little live feed from the Sunday race. Mm-hmm. All the elite guys, they were just you know joking around and and having fun and that just looked that just looked awesome to me made me made me smile that they do that too you know i mean i'm thinking that they're probably staying serious and not talking because it probably you know breaks their rhythm you know and they're trying to stay running fast and concentrate but it it always makes me smile to you know see that you know everybody's having fun even though it's a competition because that just makes it the best to me yeah yeah totally well emma i have taken up way more of your time than I anticipated, but I just liked the way this conversation was going and I was so excited to talk to you. Thank you so much for having me for so long. It was a treat and I appreciate all the tips that you've given me. Uh, Well, hopefully some of them will help. And like I said, you know, a lot of it's, you know, no brainer stuff, but you know, if you've never thought about it and you're new, it, 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 some of it might help. So big time. And I always want to see people that come in and that are new I always want to give them, you know, tips and motivation to make them do more and go further because that's what builds the sport. But anyway, Emma, uh, like I said, I want to thank you again for taking time to talk to us. Is there anything you want to add, tell people where they can follow you or sponsors you want to shout out or anything like that? Yeah, again, like thanks so much to the Dream Team and everyone who's supporting that. And uh, I hope other people can be stoked and try the sport out and work hard. It's, it's possible. (laughs) You can do it. Well, thank you for talking to us, Emma. And, uh, hopefully we'll see you at West Virginia. Thanks so much. I'm excited to meet you in person. All right. Bye. Take care. Hope you enjoyed the interview. I want to thank Emma again for taking time to talk to us. I hope we will see some awesome things to come with her future in this sport because I really think she has a knack for it. Anyway, in this episode, me and Emma talked a lot about the obstacles and different rules about the obstacles, and I have a challenge for all the listeners. Have you read the rule book? Do you know where to find the rule book? Well, I challenge you to read the rule book. And guess what? Have you read it before? Have you read the 2021 edition of the rule book? It might not hurt to go back and read it again. And if you don't know where to find the rule book, I'll tell you where and how. It's not easy, but I'll tell you how. So go to the Spartan page, scroll all the way to the bottom. You will see the FAC tab, and underneath that it says General or General Racer, something like that. Click on that, 
it takes you to another page. And there's another... Uh, Oh, wait. I think you'll see a tab that says Event Day. That's what it says. It says Event Day. And when you see Event Day, you will see a drop-down list. And at the bottom of that list, it says See All 20 Articles. Click on See All 20 Articles. And in that drop-down, it will say Official Rules, Guidelines, and Penalties for Spartan Obstacles. On that page... Or you click on that, it takes you to a page, and then you'll see a YouTube link of Jody I showing you the proper way how to do burpees. And underneath that, you will see a link to the PDF file for the 2021 Spartan Rules of Competition. And like I said, you know, I guarantee you'll learn something if you go in there and read all of that. And you'll also see some obstacles in there, and you'll be like, what the hell is this? I've never heard of this. Well, it might be an obstacle they don't use anymore, but they still kept it in the rules and kept they brought it back. Or it might be an obstacle that they use in a different country. But anyway, challenge everybody to go read that. I want to thank everybody that come up to me in Asheville and said, hey, what's up? I love that and told me that they enjoy the show. I just want to tell everybody that I appreciate that. It means a lot when I get to uh, meet the listeners in person and we get to chat. I met a lot of cool people at this race, hung out with a lot of friends, and met some new friends. I really enjoyed this race. I enjoyed this venue. It flowed well. The race was good. And I just had a good time in general. And I hope everyone did as well. Got a new review. And the title is Nothing to Dislike. From AC Spell. I guess that's how you say that. AC Spell. I just started OCR this year and jumped right into competitive heats. Barely knowing the ins and outs of the sport, Scott's podcast has been awesome to listen to. Get some little pro tips here and there that would have taken me years to figure out alone. Also, just hear some battle stories from him and guests that have been helping me prepare for future races and look into other challenges for myself. Georgia boys represent. Scott, keep it up, man. Hey, AC Spell, I appreciate that, man. And uh, if I see you at a race, man, come up to me and say what's up. Uh, and, and that's another thing, too. Oh, shoot, I forgot what I was going to say. Oh, you know, he said he started listening to my podcast. Well, I want you to listen to the other podcasts, too. You've got Obstacle Race and Media out there. It's a good place to learn knowledge and learn about all these people that are running in Elite Waves, too. And listen to uh, Bracken Crocker's and Kirk DeWitt's podcast, The Running Public. And that was one thing I didn't want to leave out of this episode. So... Uh, they did an episode, I think it was episode 70, with Emma Cook-Clark, where they went over her background immensely, whereas I just touched base on it on this podcast. But if you want to hear more about Emma, go and check out their interview. I kind of felt like it was cool, because their interview was like, you learned everything about Emma, and mine was kind of like, you learned about Emma after her first race, so... I was happy to do this interview. But anyway, like I said, my next race will be West Virginia. I hope to see everybody out there. West Virginia has always been a good or great race every year it's been there. The venue is cool. It's fun. And uh, it's always like a big party in the festival there, man. It's always a good time. So if you can make it to West Virginia, I hope to see you there. Follow us on Instagram and Facebook, and we'll see you at the next race. Peace. Peace.